0: Good morning. Let me welcome you to Crossroads on Independence Day weekend. We're excited that you're here. This is what we call our party in the USA weekend. We ask you guys uh, to have a little fun with us, dress up in your red, white, and blue. Uh, and many of you have done exactly that, and you look, I mean, you just look great. So again, I was really excited that we had as many people participate as we did. Uh, again, just, we're going to have some fun this summer. So again, just do it, just roll with us, just flow with us. And again, it'll be okay. Nobody's going to make fun of you, but again, you guys look good. And I mean, some of you, uh, and especially in the first service, they they brought out some stuff that was kind of like, A while back, so again, we're we're excited that you know again those things look good and they were they look good and they look patriotic and again just did a great job. Let me just say this. Oh, let me also say this before I say that Uh, the the Facebook is back up this morning. Thank goodness we're back online. So we want to welcome all those uh, that are watching. Again, that's been two weeks of just absolute a mess as far as trying to get back online, but we got it fixed. And so I was checking it while ago. We're on there, so we welcome those people. If you're watching on Facebook, tell us where you're watching from. Uh, let us know who you are. Again, we value the fact that you're back with us. And again, so exciting to have you back with us at Crossroads. Again, on a holiday weekend where a lot of people are traveling. Let me highlight a couple of things. I don't get a chance to do this much anymore, but I want to highlight a couple of things that are important to to us and to you. Uh, I really want to thank those of you who have given financially, and I really want to encourage you uh, to continue to give financially. I know some of you gave throughout the pandemic. You were faithful even when we weren't here. Let me just say this. Over the last couple of months, May and June, our giving has gone down. Not surprising, in a way, because over the last two summers, you guys weren't able to do all the things that you're used to doing. So everybody's trying to make it up this year and get out and do everything they can. So you're spending a lot more money going places and doing things. I understand all of that. But I just want to encourage you to be faithful with your giving here because we have many things that we want to get back in the habit of doing and that we need to kick back off because we kind of put those on the back burner during uh, the COVID deal and, and just because people were kind of skittish and, and worried about what they could do and what they couldn't do. So we, we kind of pulled everything back and we've got to get back to where we know we need to be. So your faithful giving on a regular basis, whether it's here on Sunday morning or whether it's online, uh, whether it's at a giving kiosk, that is so important to us. Uh, and again, I don't like to talk about it a lot any more than you like hearing about it. But again, I just want to encourage you to continue to be faithful in your giving because again, it's It's only through what you give that we're able to do what God has called us to do. So again, thank you to those who give. If you're not giving, take a chance, step out, test God, because he asks you, you know, that's the one place that he says, test me, is in your giving. If you'll give, see if he does not give back to you and open the very windows of heaven and pour it back into your lap in a way that you can only, you can't even imagine. Uh, Let me say, as I say that, let me also say this, Uh, two months ago, we had to make a decision to upgrade our soundboard. Uh, you'd heard me talk about that. We had had one uh, ordered during the pandemic, and of course, we couldn't get it in. We knew the one that we had was going to buy the farm uh, and not just, it was just gonna quit working because we were having so many problems with it. So we went ahead, ordered one. It came in a couple of months ago, we had it installed. Luckily, the company that I work with and that we have worked with said, you know what? Don't worry about paying us right now. We're not worried about that. You've always been good for it. Well, that that was good for a while. And, And eventually they said, hey, they said, hey, have you got any money? And we didn't have any money. And so I said, let, let me see what I can work out. So I went to the bank, First Freedom Bank, John Bradshaw. He's our banker. Uh, and I said, John, can you help me out? I need some money. And so I signed a note uh, to pay for the soundboard. Uh, I've got the invoice. I've got everything that you need. If you need to see something, I don't think you would. But if you did, I've got all that. It was like $35,000. I mean, and some of you are going gra- to gasp when I say a figure like that. If you had any idea of what we put in the renovation of this building, that right there is just so small. That's like pocket change. But anyway, we have a, we have a note now for $35,000 that we need to get paid off. Uh, I signed for it. I mean, you know, I'm the guarantee on it. But again, it's actually for the church. So if you're one of those people that would be willing to step out over the next, well, today, next week, next month, next couple of months, and help me to retire that $35,000 and some odd dollars, I would totally appreciate that. And the church would really appreciate that because we really did not have an option. Uh, You can talk to Joe back there, uh, our engineer. I mean, he will tell you we were literally on borrowed time, and we had to do it. So we did it. Uh, We have not made a habit of taking out and borrowing money, but that's just one of those things that we had to do like almost instantly. So again, if you could think in your uh, giving that you could give up and above your normal giving, write that on your check. Uh, Make a note on that when you give online or whether you give at the giving kiosk, you can make a note there and say this is for that. Uh, We will retire that as quickly as we can. I don't want to talk about it a lot. I will talk about it as long as I need to because I don't want that note hanging over our heads as there are other things that we need to do. We need to put a new sign on the west end of the building. That's why we haven't done that. We just don't have extra money. Uh, Again, lots of people doing other things and not giving. Again, that's your decision. But again, if you could help us, that would make a world of difference in the life of your church. Let me also say this. Two weeks from today at the Jimmy Floyd Center, uh, 5.30 p.m. till 7 p.m. is Scoopalicious. That's our... Kind of homemade ice cream competition contest kind of event where we invite you, you invite your friends, we ask you to make homemade ice cream, we put it, uh, uh, we put you kind of in line with all the other people making homemade ice cream, and then we do a little bit of competition. Now, over the last couple of years, some of you that were really engaged in that have kind of stepped back from that because again of COVID. I'm asking you now, come out of the shadows. We don't need you standing in the background. We need you to get involved, and we need you to make ice cream, and we need you to show up, and we need you to bring people and invite people. It's two weeks from today at the Jimmy Floyd Center. That's about two blocks over here. You've been there before. Swimming, you'll do all the swimming you want to from 530 to 7, and we'll just have a good time. It's a great way for you to get to know other people who attend Crossroads with you, but maybe you don't see them or they attend another service or they don't come as frequently as you do. It's a great opportunity, and that happens on July the 16th, 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. Also, this Wednesday, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., the day after the 4th, is actually our call to prayer. And I would totally invite you to come and to join me anytime between 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. The room is dimly lit There is worship music on. The stage lights are dimly lit also. And I just encourage you to come in, find a seat somewhere in the auditorium. I know it's a busy week. I know it's a holiday week. But just join me in a time of prayer, praying for our community, praying for our country, praying for our leaders, praying for our families. And probably as important as anything, praying for your church. I mean, again, all you have to do is come in the front doors. There's a table set up with instructions Find yourself a seat, find yourself at the foot of the steps, uh, lay on your face, get on your knees, stand up, do it, do it however it works for you. Just do it in a way that is worshipful and does not disturb other people. You'll have lots of instructions when you show up uh, telling you what to do and, and, and suggestions on what you can pray and how you can pray. So again, join me this Wednesday, 4 to 6 p.m. We're going to keep doing it. And again, I'm just going to tell you this. I've been really encouraged by the people who have showed up the last three weeks. I've also been surprised at some of the people who haven't showed up, thinking that they would. Uh, again, I understand you can pray in your car. You can pray at home. You can pray, you know, wherever you are. That, it's not, I'm not trying to put pressure on you. But there is just something that happens when we come together in an environment of prayer together. Praying for our needs and the needs of our country and the needs of our church. So I would really encourage you to join me this Wednesday anytime between 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. right here in the auditorium. One thing I can guarantee you, if the air conditioning is working, it will be on and it will at least be cool in here. So if you're hot outside, you can come in here and you can get in touch with the Holy Spirit and you can also experience an environment where it's cool and it's quiet and you can kind of center yourself on those things that are most important to you and to God. It's actually, the the call to prayer is actually the thing that is kind of the catalyst for what I want to talk about today because, again, I I feel like that I kind of covered this in one of the series that we've done in the last six weeks or so, but it's really this call to prayer because I know that people struggle with prayer, and I know that people struggle with being able to hear the voice of God because, again, one of the basic claims of Christianity is that God speaks to people. And, and again, to a lot of people, that's a real kind of weird thing. When somebody says, you know, well, God spoke to me or God said to me, and, and you know, this is what I'm going to do, and that's what I'm going to do. But again, that, it, it's just one of those things when people hear other people say, well, God spoke to me, and, and, and they're kind of like, well, I don't really understand how that works. And and honestly, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm always, you know, transparent. When when I have heard people in the past say that to me, uh, you know, in, in a way that they feel like that they heard God's voice and it was like crystal clear to them, I was kind of like a little skeptical. And I think a lot of us get skeptical when people talk about this, when people say that God said or God told me. But here's the thing, you can read all through the Bible, all through the scripture from Genesis to Revelation And you will consistently read, if you hear anything else, you're going to see and hear the words that say, God said, and God said, and God said. So if we're consistently reading in Scripture that God said, it just kind of tells you that God wants to speak, that God wants to speak to you. And he wants to speak to me he wants to speak to his people because it's the truth god does want to speak to us and the reason god wants to speak to us is because god wants to have a relationship with us i mean think about it without speaking there's no communication and without communication there's no relationship But the problem is that oftentimes communication is something that's misunderstood. And and I try to think about a way I could communicate this to you uh, so that you would understand it. Think about it like this. My, My wife talks to me all the time. I mean, all the time. I talk to her. She talks to me. Sometimes more, sometimes less. And oftentimes, there, there, there are going to be times, you guys know this if you're married, if you're in a relationship, I mean, there are oftentimes where one of the people says something and it's misunderstood. And, and I'm going to tell you this morning, I have a couple of different examples. When my wife is talking to me and there's, there's a breakdown in the communication, I'm going to give you two different things that happen One is either I didn't hear her, Or two, I didn't understand her. And that's what I say. Oftentimes, communication can be misunderstood. And if I don't hear it or I don't understand it, I'll be the first to say, ladies, that I'm not the only man, am I, that has that problem. I'm not the only one that has that problem. But let me chase that rabbit for a minute. If I have that much difficulty in communicating with my wife, who I'm around on a consistent basis, then how much more could I have a problem understanding God when God is trying to communicate to me? It's kind of like that, was it the Verizon commercials that said, do you hear me now, do you hear me now, do you hear me now? Sometimes I kind of feel like I'm that way with God, and God's saying, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? So this morning as I get started, I want to be honest with you guys that I've always been skeptical of people who are constantly telling me that they've heard from God. I mean, it's like they hear from God in ways that I've never even, I mean, thought about. It's always like God is coming in crystal clear. You know, my, well, I think God told me to dress my child as Winnie the Pooh on Halloween. I, I think God told me to take my family to, to, to Seaside for vacation. God spoke to me and God said, buy some filet mignon, baked potatoes and salad and invite the pastor over for dinner. And let me just tell you, if you heard God say that to you, that was clearly the voice of God, okay? I will tell you that. But honestly, it can be confusing knowing and understanding what God wants you to do. And and, and if I'm honest with you this morning, I will tell you, That more often than not, there have been times when I have been totally in the dark. When it comes to the steps or the next steps that God wants me to take. Because God has never spoken to me like I'm speaking to you. I've never heard the voice of God audibly like you're hearing my voice. I think I want to hear him speak to me. I wish God would speak to me like, like I'm speaking to you. And let me tell you, he would not have to say anything profound. I think I would just like to hear his voice. But at the same time that I think I would like to hear his voice, I also think that if I heard his voice, you might have to get me a new pair of underwear. You understand? I mean, I just don't know how I would respond, even though that's what I want to hear. But then there are other times when I'm walking through life and there's no doubt to me that God is speaking to me. I know without a shadow of a doubt that God is speaking to me. I love what Jesus says in Luke chapter 8, verse 8. Here's what he says. Look Look at what he says. Jesus says to you and to me, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now look at those words. Jesus is telling us that if you want to hear what God is trying to speak to you and what God is trying to say to you, then you've got to be in tune if you're going to be able to hear his voice. And Jesus told a story in Luke chapter 8, and the the story was about a farmer who was going out to sow seed. And and, and as he went out to sow these seed, he he sowed the seed over these different kinds of soil. Actually, he mentions four different types of soil that the seed that he was sowing is actually going to fall on. There's the soil on the path, there's the rocky ground, there's the thorns, and then there's the good soil. And Jesus tells us this story, and to me, it kind of opens up my eyes to answer this question. How do I hear God speak to me? Well, here's the first thing you need to do. If you want to hear God speak to you, here's the first thing that you need to do. You need to cultivate an open mind. Let's unpack this and look at what Jesus said, Luke chapter 8, starting out, and let's look at verse 5. Jesus says in the parable of the sower, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. There's the first type of soil. Some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Now, the path that Jesus is talking about is actually the footpath that the farmer would have walked down. And as he would have walked down the path, he would have sown the seed. Now, when you talk about a path or the footpath that the farmer is actually walking on, there are two characteristics that actually are are, are really important for us to understand about the the footpath itself. The first characteristic about a footpath is that that's always going to be hard. It's, It's a hard soil because people are always walking on it. There's constant travel on it. So it's hard. That's the first characteristic about the, the path or the footpath. The second characteristic about the path is that it's narrow. Now think about that. Do you know anybody like that? Somebody that's hard-hearted? Somebody that's narrow-minded? because can i just tell you if if you're hard-hearted and you're narrow-minded there's no way that you're going to be able to hear god speak to you and it's something that you see all the time consistently god is trying to speak to us but our hearts are hard and our minds are closed And when your heart is hard and your mind is closed, let me just tell you, there's just no way God can get through to you. You've made up your mind. You've made the decision. You don't want God getting in the middle of the decision that you already made because you don't want God messing things up. And that's what Jesus is talking about when he mentions the path. The footpath. The footpath is actually the first type of soil that he talks about. But I want to take it one step further. What is it that causes a closed mind? Here's the first thing. The first thing is pride. That's what causes you to close your mind. Let me just look, look, look right here. You think you don't need God. I can just do this on my own. I can make this decision on my own. I do this myself. I got this. That's pride. The second thing is this. It's fear. Sometimes we're just afraid of what God might say to us. What, what if I open my mind to God and God's voice and he might ask me to do something? What if he were to ask me to do something that I don't want to do? It's fear. That causes you to close your mind. You, you, you're, you're afraid that God's going to ask you to do something that you don't want to do. And what did I tell you last week? I told you last week, more often than not, when you hear the Holy Spirit speak to you, He's going to get you to do something that stretches you outside of your comfort zone. He's going to ask you to do something that you really don't want to do. So fear is the thing that causes you to kind of close your mind. Here's the third thing. It's bitterness. time I have ever held on to hurt... And I hold on to those hurtful memories that were inflicted upon me by other people, or God's people, or family, or whoever it was. It causes me to close my mind to God because I'm questioning God. God, why did you allow this? Why are you allowing this? And it causes you to be bitter. And I just want, to hear, I want you to hear me say, a bitter life is a wasted life. They hurt me. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build walls around me so that nobody can get close to me. That's a bitter life. And can I just tell you this morning, some of you in this auditorium and some of you watching online are bitter. You're bitter. Maybe it's the death of a loved one that you, you know, you you just didn't want God to take from, you know, you, you didn't want that person to die. And you feel like God took that person from you. Maybe you're bitter because you've been abused. Maybe you've experienced the hurt of an unfaithful spouse, or maybe you've been hurt by so-called church family. And let me just say this: that there are many other examples I could give. But if any of those are the reason that you're living your life in bitterness, I just want to say two things from you to you. The first is this: I'm sorry. And the second thing is don't run from God, run to God. Never allow any other person, never allow any other experience to block your relationship to God or with God or hearing from God. Look at James 1 verse 21. Get rid of all moral filth and evil that is prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you. The word planted in you which can save you. In other words, what James is writing is drop your defenses and open your mind. Because you have got to want to hear from God. Did you hear me? I have got to want to. To hear the voice of God. So the thing is to be ready. Be ready so that you can hear. Do away with the fear. Do away with the bitterness. Do away with the pride. So that you can hear the voice of God. Be ready. So if you want to hear from God... If you want to hear God speak to you about things that are happening in your life, then the first thing is this: you've got to cultivate an open mind. Here's the second thing: the second thing is you've got to allocate time to listen. If I'm going to hear the voice of God, let me let me let me me tell you, I got to slow down. I need to slow down. We're too busy. We live in a rat race society. And the thing that happens in a rat race society is this. God gets shortchanged every time. We want to hear God speak. You want to hear God speak. I want to hear God speak, but we're too much in a hurry. We're so in a hurry, we're like, God, hurry up. I, I, I got too many things to do. God, hurry up and speak. But let me ask you a question. Anybody in here, come on, come on now. Anybody in here ever been in a hurry and God wasn't? Y'all are awfully quiet. The thing we have to understand is God's on a different calendar. He's on a different time schedule. Because the Bible itself says a thousand years is as a day, and a day is as a thousand years with the Lord. His schedule's not like your schedule. Let's go back to Luke chapter 8. Look at verse 6. Other seeds that the sower is sowing fell on shallow soil with rock beneath. Now look at what it says. The seed began to grow, but soon withered and died for lack of moisture. Thank God for the rain this past week or two. Skip down to verse, verse 13. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, that's important, the time of testing, they fall away. The footpath, just like the footpath, the path that we just talked about is really emphasizing or representing a closed mind. The shallow soil actually represents what I call a superficial mind. He's talking about the person who follows Jesus, who becomes a Christian. And they're all excited about following Jesus again. They came to church and you know they loved the music, they loved the worship, they they loved everything about it. They gave their heart to Jesus, but it didn't last because the problems in life came. And they didn't make it. So they wither and they die. See, sometimes we get all excited. Sometimes we get superficially excited. And we have this burst of energy. But we never give it a chance to to sink into our hearts and into our minds. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it happen. But when you look at verse 13, it says that they received the word with joy, but they have no root. What's Jesus saying? Let me me tell you what Jesus is saying. You can be thrilled without being transformed. Some of you need to write that down. You can be thrilled without being transformed. It's easy to create emotion, but it's hard to create change. Look look at this equation. I want to put this equation up on the screen so you see it. Emotion is quick. Life change takes time. It's slower. And I just want to tell you that in all my time in ministry, I have seen many people who became Christians, and they are like the Kentucky Derby. They shot right out of the gate with the greatest intentions. I, let, me, let, me, let me just tell you. I mean, I, I'm going to tell you, I can see the faces, in, not your faces, but the faces of the people I'm talking about right in front of me right now. I've seen people come into this church, love the music, love the worship. They love you. You treated them well. They came in here, they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they shot right out of the grate with the greatest intentions. But where are they now? Where are they? They're not here. They're nowhere this morning to be found. Why? Why? Because they had enthusiasm, emotion, but they had no root. They're nowhere to be found because they had no commitment. See, here's the thing. You get roots by allocating time for God to speak to you. Did you hear me? You get roots by allocating time for God to speak to you. You get roots, and again, please, know my heart. I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. You you get roots by making time on Wednesdays from 4 to 6. I know everybody can't do it. I understand. (coughs) But you get roots by showing up here when you really don't have to from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. as a part of our call to prayer, just to pray, to pray for you, to pray for our church, to pray for our leaders, to pray for our community, our country, Because here's the thing, if you think showing up here every now and again on Sunday morning is going to get you roots, it's not going to to cut it. It's not going to work. That's that's not enough. And I know what you're thinking. And again, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. You can pray at home. You can pray at work. You can pray in your car. I know you have things to do, lots of things to do. So do I. My life's not any different from yours. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready yet for it, the solid food. Indeed, you are still not ready. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Like newborn babies crave spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Like a newborn baby, you need to crave spiritual milk. And what that's telling us is there's a time. There's a time for milk. There's a time for, for milk. There's a time for baby food. But then there's a time as followers of Jesus Christ that that we have to grow up. And like a baby, when that baby grows up, you start feeding on something that's a little better, a little deeper, a little more nutritious. And it's the same way as followers of Jesus Christ. We start out on the milk, we start out on the baby food, but there's a time when we as a follower of Jesus Christ, we have to grow up and feed on something that's deeper. Because see, if you have an infant at your house, I I know what you're probably feeding that infant. You're feeding that infant pulverized and runny squash and peas and green beans, and you do that for a reason. The reason is because that's all the infant can handle. But let me just say this, if the infant grows up and they're 14 years old now and you're still feeding them runny, pulverized squash and green beans and carrots, you got a problem. See, one of the most painful things that I go through as a pastor would be that every now and again, somebody leaves the church. They leave here Crossroads, and they see one of you guys in Walmart or Publix or wherever you are, and you say, hey, I haven't seen you in a while, and they're like, well, you know, we, we don't go to Crossroads anymore, and we just, we just couldn't go because we, 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 looked, we had to look for somebody else. We had to look for somewhere else because we just, we, we just weren't getting fed. And see, here's the thing. If you've been a Christian for 10 years and you're sitting around complaining that you're not getting spiritually fed, that's not my fault. That's a maturity problem. It's not my responsibility to consistently put the plate in front of you and pick up the fork and put the food in your mouth, spiritually speaking. That's your responsibility. It's a maturity problem. So let's review this. How do I hear God's voice? How do I hear God's voice? I cultivate an open mind. I allocate time to listen. And here's the third thing. I have to eliminate distractions. See, you and I miss hearing God's voice because our minds are clouded with other thoughts and ideas and ambitions. Look at verse 7. Jesus said, Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it, and choked the plants. Now look at verse 14. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they don't mature. Why is it that so many people don't live productive lives? Let me, let, me, let me say that a different way. Why is it that people live unproductive lives? I'll tell you. Because they're not spending much time with God. If you spent as much time talking to God about your life as you spent worrying about your life, you wouldn't have anything to worry about. Did you hear what I said? If you spent as much time talking to God about what's happening in your life, you wouldn't have anything to worry about. Let me, let, me, let me skip to another story here in Luke chapter 10. And you're familiar with this story. We've looked at this a bunch. Here, here's what it says, but I'm going to read it really quick. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You know what that story tells me? You have to eliminate the distractions in your life. And can I just be honest with you? I'm a Martha. I'm a Martha. I have to fight to not be a Martha. And Jesus in that story is really setting the example out there for me to understand that I have to eliminate the distractions because Jesus calls the distractions weeds. And there are three types of weeds. The first one is worries. You know what that means in the Greek? Worries means to be pulled in different directions. And let me tell you, when you are worrying, you can't hear anything that God is saying. You're worrying about everything. Let me tell you, you can't hear anything that God is saying to you. The second type of weed is riches. You can be so busy trying to make a living and trying to make money and trying to make it happen that you don't have time for God. So when you don't have time for God, guess what happens to God? God gets pushed away. God gets crowded out. There are worries. There are riches. The third type of weed that Jesus talks about is pleasure. Now let me, I want you to hear me. There's nothing wrong with Pleasure. But you can be so busy having so much fun. That's what a lot of people are doing today. They didn't even think about church. They're so busy having so much fun that they just forget about God. And see, here's the thing. When having fun becomes your ultimate goal, guess who gets crowded out? I mean, think about it. How we got weeds here. How much effort does it take to grow weeds? Very little. Ask anybody. Ask any farmer. It takes very little effort to grow weeds. But weeds are a sign. They're a sign of neglect. When I start neglecting God, when I stop coming to church, when I stop giving, when I stop serving, when I stop doing the things that I know I'm supposed to do, then the Bible tells me that the weeds are going to come and the weeds are going to choke out my spiritual life. And let me tell you, when the weeds choke out my spiritual life, you know what I lose? I lose my peace and I lose my purpose because the weeds are going to choke that out of my life. Let's review this again. How how do I hear God's voice? First, I cultivate an open mind. Second, I allocate time to listen for God's voice. Third, I eliminate the distractions. And here's the fourth and final thing that I want us to look at. I have to cooperate with what he says. When I hear his voice, I have to cooperate with what he says. See, let, let, me, let me tell you my, my experience and my belief. God speaks to people who have made the decision in advance. I knew it, told you. Alex, there you go. I, told, I just texted him right before I get up here. I said, I have a feeling this is going to do this. But God speaks to people who have made the decision in advance that they're going to do what He says. See, here's the thing. Many, many of you have said in your spirit that you want God to speak to you, but you'll make the decision to do what He says after He speaks to you. And that's not the way that it works. You want God to speak to you, but then you'll do what He says after, maybe after you've heard God's voice speak to you and ask you and that's not the way it works. God speaks to those people who have made the decision in advance that they're going to do what he asked them to do. I'm going to tell you a story. 1999. I was going to church at Fairview, which is was over here where Love One, Love, Love's Way is. We had two services at that time. The church was really growing. Michael Christian was the pastor, doing a great job, and people were flocking there. And 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, I think, were our service times. And I was at home. My family was going to church, and they were going to another church, and I was going to church over there. That's a whole different story we can talk about some other time. But I was getting ready. And I was walking through my house, and on the television was TBN, the, the Christian television show, network. And for some reason, I was captivated by something that was happening in a church service there. And I'm going to tell you, it's like the Holy Spirit came upon me and stopped me in my tracks, and I, sit, and I sat down on a stool in front of the TV, and the Holy Spirit just began to pour into me. I know it sounds a little crazy, but roll with me. And I'm going to tell you, the people that were on that particular TV program, Lori, one of those was Benny Hinn who I know lots of people have lots of opinions about Benny Hinn, but, but Benny was delivering a word in a church in Atlanta. And the word spoke to me. And it stopped me in my tracks. And I sat there, and I sat there, and I sat there. And finally, I said, i got to get up. And it was like the Holy Spirit had his, his arms on me, and I couldn't get up. And finally, I was able to get up. I got ready. I got dressed. I got in my car. I went to Fairview, and I sat on the front row. And during the service, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Again, that's what we're talking about today. God spoke to me and said, here's what I need you to do. And I was like, God, uh, 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 uh. and eventually, you know, you, know what, you, know, you know what I heard God say? Randy, if you don't use it, you lose it. Because, see, God had asked me to do something two other times before, and I had not done those. I clearly heard his voice and didn't do it. And the third time he asked me, he said, either use it or lose it. And I did exactly what the Holy Spirit told me to do in that moment. And it was totally out of my comfort zone. Because I believe that God speaks to those people who have made the decision in advance that they're going to do what He asked them to do. Look at verse 8. Jesus said, Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and it yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. Now, look at verse 15. The seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, they produce a crop. What makes good soil? Think about it. What makes good soil? Think Think about it in the terms of a farmer. It's soil that has been broken and tilled. So that's what I'm asking you. Is your soil prepared? Has your soil been tilled and prepared? Are you really prepared? Have you prepared your heart for the word and for the worship? I mean, think about it. When, when you come to church on Sunday morning or when you come on Wednesdays for our time of prayer, our call to prayer, are you preparing in advance for when you get here? Has the soil of your life been tilled and prepared like it needs to be so that you can receive the seed that would be sown there? I mean, think about it. Do you want your life to make a difference? Do you want your life to count? Look at James chapter 1, verse 22. Don't merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. Do what it says. Do you have a closed mind? Do you have a superficial mind? Do you have a distracted mind that says you're too busy? this morning would you have a willing mind a life where the soil has been prepared and it's been tilled and it's ready to accept the seed that's going to be planted it's just an overview just kind of an overview for me to you for those that struggle with hearing the voice of God would you bow your heads this morning and pray with me, please? God, we're so encouraged that we can go to the Word and we can receive the direction that we need for our life. God, knowing that you want to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ever ask or think. But for us, God, to hear your voice, we've got to take effort. There are things that have to be done on our part. So God, maybe this morning, this time that we've spent together looking at the parable of the sower, maybe it gives us the insight that we need to get more involved, to show up on Wednesday afternoons from 4 to 6, and to seek your face and to hear your voice. And to voice our concerns to you. You already know what they are, but you want to hear from us. Let it be a time when we can come and present our needs to you. A time of preparation for worship in the Word. Knowing that you want to do good things in each one of our lives. God, we thank you so much for this time together. Do what only you can as we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.